The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. Joshua Vinnie. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. So open with me to Matthew chapter 8. And our text is short there, Matthew chapter 8, just verses 1 through 4. Hear God's word. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you do not tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Lepers were lonely. We read in Leviticus 13, 40, 5 through 46, what they were to do. It says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now, as we think of that, we need to remember uh, what the Bible calls leprosy is not exactly the same thing that we refer to as leprosy. It has a broader range from what we know of it, of uh, various skin diseases that can also be in uh, clothing could be called leprous, and a house can be called leprous. Uh, And so it, uh, it isn't modern leprosy, probably doesn't even include what we call leprosy now. And I mention that because when we hear about this separation, we think of hygienic reasons. We think he's put away outside of the camp so he doesn't spread this disease to anybody else. Uh, But from what we see in the text, that's not the concern. The concern is his impurity, his defilement. He cannot defile the camp where the tabernacle of the Lord is. And that's what we find in Numbers 5. We find it more explicitly there. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Command the people of Israel that they shall put out of the camp everyone who is leprous or has a discharge and everyone who is unclean through contact with the dead. You shall put out both male and female, putting them outside the camp, that they may not defile the camp in the midst of which... I dwell. And so these laws on leprosy, we need to see them as part of that larger set of ceremonial laws on purity. And all of them have a focus on the tabernacle because you needed to be clean in order to come to the tabernacle. If you were unclean, you were separated separated from God until 
you went through the remedy that he had provided and you become clean again. And so this, this system of ceremonial laws reminded Israel in their everyday activities of God's presence there. They had to think about it as they ate, as they went about their work. Am I clean? Am I unclean? Do I need to deal with this? Do I need to do that? But in Israel, leprosy was this worst form of impurity. Leprosy was one of three bodily ailments, sicknesses or diseases that would make you impure. And they were all unique because they didn't have a fixed time limit. Most impurities would make you unclean for a day, maybe for a week, maybe even 40, 80 days. But if you had leprosy, you were unclean until you were healed, if you were healed. A point we'll come back to later. And leprosy was also the worst because of the way it affected others. You could have impurity that wouldn't make anyone else unclean if they touched you. A minor impurity, we could say. Then there were major impurities where if somebody touched you, they would become unclean. Or if they touched something that you had touched or sat on. Well, leprosy was this super major impurity. You would make other people unclean not only by touching them, but even being in the same room as them. If you were in a tent with somebody with leprosy, you would become unclean. And the only thing that was that defiling, that was that contagious with this impurity, was a dead body. And so in many ways, a leper was like the walking dead amongst Israel. And that is why a leper was banished from the camp, to cry, unclean, unclean, you need to know who I am. And so leprosy not only separated the person from the tabernacle, as as all impurity did, but it also separated you from other Israelites, family, friends, everybody round about. And so as we said, a leper was in a very lonely situation. You were cut off from God's presence. You were cut off from family and friends. And there was no end point. No time limit set that you could just look forward to. You were stuck in this state until you were healed. And I would argue that in the New Testament time, lepers were maybe even more lonely because of Jewish distortions of purity law. In our passage, the leper approaches Jesus, not as he's supposed to, crying unclean, unclean. Instead, he bows down in faith. He pleads with him, as we see there in verse 2, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And what does Jesus do? He reaches out and he touches the leper. And everybody gasps. Everybody gasps. What is this? There's shock. At least many Jews in Jesus' day would have done that. They would have been surprised, scandalized. Jesus is defiling himself. 
He's touching a leper. This leper had this super major impurity. Touching him would certainly make you unclean. How could Jesus do that? How could he do that? Well, this is where we need to back up again and note that in the Old Testament, there's no law against making yourself unclean, defiling yourself. Being unclean was not sinful, and it wasn't even something you needed to avoid. In fact, you couldn't avoid it. Many things in your daily life, watching over your sheep who might die and then you'd have to carry their dead bodies, or even your family life, sex made you unclean. Israelites were unclean probably multiple times every week. Thus, being unclean was not something to be avoided, but something to be aware of, to know it and to deal with it. And so why would many Jews be surprised at Jesus touching this leper and thereby making himself unclean? Well, in Jesus' day, various groups had changed the practice. They had made defilement something to be avoided. They raised the level of what was required in many ways and trying to keep the uh, purity required of the priest And they said this was a goal that we should go about. Uh, And we find this with the Pharisees. Um, They add various traditions, like the washing of hands, probably not for germs, but in imitation of uh, some purity laws. They avoided peoples and groups that would make them unclean, Uh, menstruating women, tax collector sinners, and especially lepers. They avoided all of those. But Jesus was different as he came. He didn't keep their extra added laws. He didn't avoid those people. He ate with tax collector sinners. He didn't rebuke the woman who had the flow of blood who touched him. He touched dead bodies. He went into buildings with dead bodies. And here he touched the leper. Now some say that Jesus didn't contract impurity by touching the leper or entering the room of a dead body. But I see no reason why he couldn't. As we said, it's not sinful to be unclean. It wasn't a sinful act to become unclean. Now, we're never told whether Jesus becomes unclean or not, but we know from the beginning of the book of Luke that Mary, his mother, took her sacrifice for impurity after Jesus' birth to make herself pure And so it seems natural, even necessary, to assume that Jesus would also follow and keep the purity laws. And so Jesus, I would argue, by touching the leper here, is confronting those Jews who had raised up this outward purity as a badge of righteousness. They focused on this external at the expense of the internal. They worried about outward purity instead of what it was a symbol or an analogy for, inner purity. They had this concern for the ceremonial law while neglecting the moral law. And the parable of the Good Samaritan is a great illustration of that. As you have these two pillars of society, the priest and the Levite, and what are they most worried about? This might be a dead body. 
I don't want to touch that. I don't want to get near to that. And so they follow after their concerns for purity instead of their concerns for a fellow Jew because he might be dead. They had missed the point of the purity laws. These laws that taught Israel by analogy, just as everybody was unclean. Everybody in that became separated from the tabernacle. Everybody needed this remedy from God to become clean, so also they're all defiled in a moral sense. Their sin separates them from God. They need God to provide a way. And so Jesus, in compassion, reaches out, touches the leper, disregarding the Jewish additions and distortions of the law, making himself unclean to make this leper clean. Now, it was a complex process, as we find in the Old Testament, for a leper to be restored. Uh, In brief, a priest would go out once it was um, said that a leper had been healed. He would go out and inspect, and if he was, then there would be this elaborate ceremony. And it involved two birds, hyssop, cedar wood, scarlet cords, and uh, even shaving off all the hair of the leper. Um, And that only allowed him to then enter into the camp or the town, and then he had to wait another seven days, again shave off all his hair, and then finally he could bring his sacrifice. And so you have this process in Leviticus 14 that it tells us about. And what do we find here with Jesus Well, he's upholding that law. Uh, What does Jesus do? He commands this leper to go, to fulfill this. Bring what uh, was commanded by Moses, the gift that was commanded by Moses. So Jesus is the fulfiller of the law here. But I would say we see something more. As we said earlier, this uncleanness of a leper didn't have a set time limit. It lasted until they were healed. Thus, for the law to come into effect, there had to be healing. And so we could say that the law about the cleansing of the leper was powerless by itself to bring about cleaning. The leper couldn't heal himself. The priest couldn't heal him. There was nothing for the leper to do but to wait upon God. And so we have this leper approaching Jesus. We're not told exactly what he believed about him, but we believe he showed that he believed he could heal him. He wanted to be clean, this full restoration, to be reunited with his family and friends, to be able to enter into God's presence again. And Jesus brings that about doing what the law by itself could not do. God has come to him. Jesus is demonstrating who he is, and he says as much to the healed leper. He tells them there in verse 4 not to tell anyone. Jesus doesn't want this to go out and people to think of him as just a miracle worker. Instead, he says, go show yourself to a priest, offer the proper sacrifices, And that will be a testimony to them. Now, there's some debate on who the to them is. I think it seems to fit best that it's the priest. 
Jesus was sending this leper as exhibit A to the priests. They're the ones to verify, yes, this leper has been healed. And by that, they would know the power of the one who was sending him. And that they should then, like the leper, come and bow down before him. And Jesus says so much as he says the signs, the signs that he is doing. In Matthew eleven two through 6, when John comes, sends disciples to ask, um, are you the one who is to come or should we look for another? Jesus says, the testimony is out there. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jesus shows himself to be the Christ, the one greater than Moses, the one who fulfills the law of God, and more importantly is able to do what the law was powerless to do. If the purity laws teach us about our alienation from God because of sin, Christ's healing of the leper shows us his willingness to restore us when we come to him in faith. Not being like the Pharisees trying to build a righteousness of our own, but when we come in humility, confessing our sins, pleading for his mercy. And so our message that we find here is this call to you, sinner. No matter what you've done, he is able and willing. If he's able and willing to save a leper, one who is as good as dead, he can and he will save you to the uttermost. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we find comfort as you show your mercy Uh, in this story, uh, to to this one uh, afflicted in body, looking for restoration. And we come to you as ones uh, afflicted in our souls with sin, and we look for that restoration that only you can provide. And so may you comfort us each and every day as we confess our sins to you, knowing that you are faithful and will forgive us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2017, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.